What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined, as always, by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what is going on? Yeah, what's going on, Shamari? Uh, another week in the uh, Star Wars world. Um, we have we had plenty of interesting stories to talk about this week. Uh, uh, we just had, or earlier today, a Star Wars Rise of Skywalker press conference. Um, or the press conference for Rise of Skywalker. So we'll talk about that in the beginning of the show. But we'll have, you know, obviously, as we do every week, we will review Mandalorian. Uh, this one was episode four, entitled, I believe, The Sanctuary. Sanctuary, um, yep. Yeah, Sanctuary. Uh, so we'll talk about that at the end of the show um, for all the people that haven't maybe seen it but still want to listen to this podcast. That'll be at the end, so you can still listen to the rest of what we're what we'll be discussing but we'll have some uh news on battlefront 2 uh we'll have some news on uh galaxy's edge which you know has been had kind of an up and down uh launch uh down in uh disney world but um some i guess uh, some potentially positive updates from galaxy's edge uh for arguably the first time since it's been, <laughs> since it's been open. So, not expected but yes yes yeah much. exactly so we'll talk about that but uh, and also a new star wars show is coming to disney plus so a lot of interesting interesting stuff uh to discuss here uh but i know we want to start with this uh this press conference shamari um you know all the people from from lucasfilm and you know the, all the cast and the, the writers from you know and obviously jj abrams from Rise of Skywalker, uh, they had a press conference, you know, they're on stage, a panel-type format. Um, we got some interesting things, Shamari, but was there anything from that panel that you uh, that you wanted to share or anything that you took away from? Uh, so, yes, we did get quite a few interesting things. I mean, we got some, uh, some cool pictures of some of the characters, so we got to see uh, Richard E. Grant's character um, uh, in... Uh, well, we didn't get to see it because we weren't there. I wish we were there. Um, but we've seen uh, pictures. We've seen pictures, and you can see the pictures as well. Are all over the all over the internet. So we have some clear images of Richard E. Grant's character. I believe um, his name is Agent General Price. Yes, I believe it's General Price as well. And we got an image of Maz Kanata. Uh, we got some uh, interesting um, uh, tidbits from uh, some of the other characters, like Naomi Aki's character. Um, and, uh, of course, Carrie Russell was there. Um, you had, uh, Junis, uh, Swat, uh, Sotamo, I believe, the, the, the guy that plays Chewie. Um, uh, so, uh, he was there as well. Uh, so he, I mean, yeah, you really had everybody there, which was, um, uh, or, uh, you know, which is great. Now, the main takeaways I took from this was, I li- and I always like hearing what the creatives have to say, um, uh, you know about the project um, now uh, the really the only thing that stood out to me honestly um, well, well there were a couple of things first uh, they asked um, you know uh, is it important that or rather um, uh, one of the people at the press conference asked um, you know uh, that or they said that it was important to George Lucas uh, that these films uh, be meaningful and that they mean something. And they asked, what, what does this film mean? And I think that's an important question. Because, um, you know, one of the big kind of questions surrounding Disney Star Wars 
is uh is this you know just a cash grab is this just nostalgia is this just um you know let's just put some stormtroopers and sell a lot of toys and get people to go to the amusement park or is this a real because we know with george lucas you know while he did of course make a whole lot of money it was a it was a project for him it was a very much a creative project and he wanted the movies to mean something so uh with regards to um you know their response to that jj abrams responded which i think was smart uh and he uh said uh, there's the movie that you present and there's the thing uh that you are doing for yourself so he kind of tries to separate you know what you present to the audience and with the story that you want to create you know so you kind of have to balance those two things which is true um and he says that uh in today's world uh this movie celebrates friends and family as well as hope and unity, which you would honestly hope for it to. Uh, so while I think that is a good answer, um, you know, uh, I do uh, think that he's very much correct. And in, in, in I think I do think J.J. Abrams really kind of has the the, you know, he kind of he I think he understands Star Wars, you know, like I really I really think he does. And I think he listens to George Lucas, um, unlike a lot of other people at Lucasfilm, unfortunately. But I think J.J. Abrams does listen to George Lucas, and I think he really does value his input, um, you know. So, um, or at least I very much get that sense from how he talks about George, how he talks about working on Star Wars in the first place, and just from the content that he's created as well. He seems like he's definitely a huge fan and that he has a ton of respect for the for the world just as a whole. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting, and I like that answer. Uh, to that question another thing i thought was interesting and uh um you know and i guess you can you can try to interpret this however you'd like but uh apparently they all had trouble writing the third act because uh and this is their quote that uh they didn't want star wars to end uh, uh i thought you were gonna say because uh because george lucas had to come in and save them <laughs> well hey uh, uh, hey I mean, according to some people you know that that actually may have been true but um <laughs> But no, according to J.J. Abrams, that's not true, apparently. He says there weren't any test screenings yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they said they didn't want Star Wars to end, which I believe they said... And this was answered by all, Kat, all three, Kathleen Kennedy, Chris Terrio, who helped write the movie, and J.J. Abrams, who, of course, directed the movie. Um, and I told Kendall before we did the show, I believe J.J. and Chris. With regards to Kathleen Kennedy, I don't know. Um, now you can jump to the negative and say, oh, she's lying. She's just, she just wants to make, or not even, even if she isn't lying, she wanted to, didn't want it to end because she wanted to make more money. Now, uh, it's, it's hard for me to say because I don't know how much she really cares about Star Wars. I know it helps her job. I know she's in charge of running Star Wars and I know she's made a lot of money from Star Wars and I know she's made Disney a lot of money. Um, but again, like I said, she seems very much like a, you know, the suit, the business person that is managing quote unquote star Wars. Um, so I, I mean, I look, I I don't know what that means with regards to her. Um, but but with regards to JJ Abrams and Chris Terrio, I do believe that they, you know, have that kind of passion and fire for star Wars. Um, but Kendall, what did you what did you take away from this press conference? Did anything uh, in particular stand out to you? Um, you know, I think it was good to it was good to be able to see that uh, you know, Allegiant General Price character 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to look at him, you know, Richard E. Grant is somebody we assumed was going to be playing somebody major. Uh, we're not sure yet. It seems as if he's not. It seems like he's playing the stereotypical uh, imperial, you know, lieutenant, you know, yeah, officer I mean, general. But, what it seems like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but still, you know, good to see. Uh, didn't show any of Carrie Russell's character. So continuing to be a little bit of mystery around that character. Uh, we know she's a bounty hunter of some sorts, or at least we think she's a bounty hunter of some sorts. If that's not been confirmed, but uh, she talks about how she like didn't take her mask off like for days uh, when mm-hmm. she was shooting this movie, and that she really loved being the character outside of shooting. Uh, I don't know how much I believe that, but uh, <laughs> that's what that's what she says. Um, uh, but I don't know. You know, this this uh this seemed like I, one of the things that we saw uh, wasn't necessarily referenced in the press conference, but they had a display of you know all these different costumes, and one mm-hmm. of them was Leia Organa's costume uh, from this movie. And in the description of the costume, it talks about how she is going to be training Ray in the ways of the Force in this movie, and that. Uh, she that she's essentially gonna be training her to be a Jedi or to continue to be a Jedi or whatever you wanna however you wanna phrase it. Um I that sounds like that's gonna be more so stuff that is said than seen because obviously they don't have that much of Leia. I think I wanna say they said Leia's gonna be in the movie for like eight minutes or something like that. I don't uh I don't I could be making that up. I feel like I read that somewhere. Uh, or JJ may have said that but uh, I don't think that they're gonna have too many scenes of like them training or too many scenes of them doing anything. But um, I can imagine that that's gonna be a part of the story that Leia was training her uh, in the ways of the Force. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have my skepticism with regards to Leia training Rey. And I mean, like you were saying, they're using old footage anyway, unless that was something that they wanted to add to Episode Seven. Um, which I don't think that is the case. I mean, I have no particular evidence to that, but I, based on how that movie was and how The Last Jedi was, I don't think that is the case. Right. Um, now, um, uh, with regards to just uh, uh, just the concept of that in general, I mean, I, I'm reading the book right now, um, Resistance Reborn, uh, by Rebecca Roanhorse, uh, which so far is, is good. I like it. Um, and Le- and Leia is kind of taking a uh, mentor, kind of like a mentor-like role with regards to Rey, um, where she's and she's not like her trainer in the way that Luke was training Rey, you know. She, but she is kind of like looking after her because she's really the only one now that has any kind of experience with the Force and the Jedi um, that is is alive. Besides Ben Solo, but I mean, she's not going to go to him. So, I mean, I think that may be what they mean by train. So, I feel like that 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 is kind of embellishing her role a little bit. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But just you know, based on this, is I'm not speaking from experience, but based on everything that we've seen so far, I don't think that she's going to be training Ray in in teaching her to become a Jedi. So, I, I don't think we're going to be getting that. Another thing I did want to point out from the conference actually is um uh oscar isaac said that pose um they kind of darkened up his uh squeaky clean persona a little bit 
and I actually saw a tiny, the tiniest hint of that. I'm still reading, um, uh, as I said, uh, Resistance Reborn, but Poe actually mentions in that book that he had done, you know, he had, he had done things before that he is not proud of, and that he's, you know, so they're trying to kind of me- kind of make him a little bit more messy, I guess, um, which I'm cool with. You know, I, I I like it when they give people that give people that kind of gray area where that's what people like so much about Han Solo. You know, where he's like kind of a gray gray moral code, where you know he's a good guy, but he also does bad things sometimes. And uh, you know, so I don't mind that at all with regards to Poe's character. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, outside of that, I feel like the rest of the stuff of the the press conference was uh, mostly stuff that. Was just okay. The actor enjoyed playing the role. Oh, this is a life-changing role, and a lot of that kind of press junket stuff you're gonna get leading into the movie. The same stuff you'd hear on the red carpet, honestly. Um, you know, which I mean, they can't really say much because they don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's cool that they have press press conferences, and hopefully we get more information uh, leading up to the movie. Um, now, so, something that yes. um. Well, you know, something that J.J. Uh, Abrams said outside of uh, this press conference, but he said this mm-hmm. to Vanity Fair earlier this week, um, you know, he he made a comment about Finn, and he was talking about, uh, I guess, Finn's backstory. You know, there have been a lot of questions about Ray and what, who's Ray, you know, where is she from, what are we going to find out about this movie, about Ray, and, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams... Uh, you know, talks about how Finn's a character that we have to maybe pay attention to in this movie. Said his origin will be a part of this uh, story in Rise of Skywalker, and that uh, it's it's he said it's alluded to in Episode Seven, but there's a bit more light to shed on that in this one. So you know, obviously we we don't know where he comes from. You know, we don't know much about Finn, but we speculated. At least we did in episode seven until Ryan Johnson came in and ignored everything that we speculated about uh, in the Last Jedi, or or threw water on it. But uh, but JJ, going back to uh, what he kind of set up in episode seven, so I'm interested to see what uh, we get from uh, this Finn backstory. I am interested as well, um, though. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he says he was taken as a child and raised as a stormtrooper. So I don't know how much of a, of a backstory we're really gonna get of him. I mean, maybe there maybe there's something about him that helped him resist the programming. Maybe, hopefully, I, I don't know. Um, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm not as optimistic, unfortunately. I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like J.J. Abrams may just be putting false hope in people's heads, which is unfortunate, you know. Because I was really? excited about Finn. I was very excited about Finn. Yes, honestly, I really do think that. Um, uh, now the Finn comic came out for the uh, Marvel comic series, and I thought that was a cool comic. It kind of showed that Finn had a conscience before any of this stuff happened, because uh, it showed him. I forgot exactly what happened, but he didn't want to. It was something regarding the First Order and, you know, they were being tyrants and he kind of rebelled a little bit um, and he got punished for it. So it kind of showed that he always kind of was not okay with what they were doing. But 
I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, I mean, what's his? What's gonna be so interesting about his backstory? Like, I'm, I'm very because he's because there isn't really anything about his character itself that I'm like, yo, I want to see why he's like this. Like, it's not like he's excessively angry. He's kind of just Finn. I mean, I don't really know. Is he force sensitive? We've seen no evidence of that. I mean, if if I mean if uh, that's really the only thing. Is if they make him force sensitive, but we've seen no evidence that he has any kind of force abilities whatsoever. And I feel like adding that now is kind of like, kind of like, yeah, okay, give him force force powers now. You know, when the whole thing is over, when the Skywalker saga is over, and right. you know, what are you going to do? Give him a Disney Plus show? You ain't going to do that. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't have faith in J.J. Abrams in that regard. So See, I think I, he's, I'm, I think he, I think he's just throwing up a lot of smoke signals for no reason. See, I don't think he would say this unless, because obviously he's seen the movie, he made the movie. I feel like this has to be a storyline in this movie. Um, what that storyline is, um, you know, I, I mean, when you mentioned that Naomi Aki has a character in this movie, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy that says, you know, all the black people have to be related. <laughs> But you know, is, is there any relation? Lando's wife or I don't yeah, know, Lando's daughter, Lando's or whatever. Daughter. <laughs> um, but is there is there going to be any connection to Finn? And is that what her inclusion is about? Um, <laughs> you really didn't think that there was any real anything that was set up in Episode Seven. Any mystery, you know, any shroud of mystery behind Finn's character in Episode Seven that was set up. The only mystery is how did he break the programming? That's really the only mystery. But outside of that, no. I feel like his story's pretty, his story's pretty straightforward. I mean, he's he is raised as a stormtrooper. He rebelled, you know, and and uh, I don't know. That's about it. I I, mean, I, I don't really know. He comes from no significant lineage. Which again, we don't have to do the whole, you know, he's a Windu or he's a the Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> we don't necessarily have to do that, but um I just feel like you know, that's something we've always speculated and we speculated about that after, you know, episode seven came out. That, you know, he could be related to somebody. Uh or you know, just what's the deal with Finn? You know, like there's no they like they I remember, you know, going into episode seven, they talked about, you know, we can't give you his name or we can't give you his last name. But the point was that, you know, because he's a stormtrooper, you know, he's FN 2187 or whatever. So that's why we, we realized that's why we, they didn't give us his last name. <laughs> it wasn't because it's Calrissian. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't because he's Finn Calrissian. It wasn't because he's Finn Windu. But, um, but so, so you're right. Maybe, maybe they did kind of you know, debunk any any rumors or theories that we had going into episode seven, but I, I just feel like there's another shoe to drop with this character. I, I don't know how major. You know, I don't think it's gonna be something crazy like he's a clone of Palpatine or, you know, he's you know, the he's the the, the he's the Skywalker, the missing Skywalker or anything, but um I don't know. I, I you know, I've always kind of suspected that there was some sort of backstory with Finn's character that was going to be relevant. I didn't know if it was going to be. I didn't think it'd be movie relevant, but I thought it'd be told in books and you know maybe a TV show or something. But are you worried that like they won't like 
they won't be able to tie in all these and weave in all these storylines. Because uh, we're talking about a Finn backstory. Like, I mean, unless they don't devote that much time to it, or unless that's Finn's whole purpose in this movie is just for us to uncover some mystery about him. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, when it comes to me being worried, uh, I'm not really, I wouldn't say, that's not one of the things I'm worried about. Um, I mean, I, I trust that it's going to be a fun movie regardless of really, really, regardless of what they do with the story, honestly. Um, but, uh, when it comes to the different storylines, I feel like as long as they cover the main points, who's Ray, how, how's Palpatine alive, you know, and does Ray turn Ben Solo or does she not turn Ben Solo? Where's Luke? I mean, Luke's dead, apparently. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as long as they answer those things, everything else is kind of extra, and I wouldn't mind if they tell those stories in some other format. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly how it like, you know, JJ's talking about, yeah, we're going to get Snoke, and we're going to get Ray's parents, and, you know, we're going to get anything that you were that you cared about in Episode Seven. we're getting that in this movie. Yeah, I mean, we're getting the Knights of Ren, and all that. I mean, the Knights of Ren. I mean, the Knights of Ren are going to be there, and then they're not going to be there. You know, I, I guarantee mean, you, man. I'm a bold. I don't, I don't think this is a bold prediction, but the Knights of Ren are going to be the biggest bust for this movie. Like, they're the new Captain Fathom, and it's sad that I have to even predict that or I have to say that because I've been excited about those characters <laughs> for two, three years. But we've got nothing on them. Very little, even promotional material about them. They're just bland background dancers for Kylo Ren. And I look I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully they play a major part in this movie. But it's just it's just weird. Like you would think the movie comes out in two weeks. You would think that we would like no talk about who the Kylo who the, the Knights of Ren are. I mean I mean maybe that's what Matt maybe that's Matt Smith's inclusion in this movie and that's that is why his character has been so mysterious. Because you know, obviously, we have Matt Smith, who was initially announced as being in this movie, but now the we don't even know who he's playing. We don't know if he's in the movie. Some people are saying he's not in the movie. Some people are saying no, yeah, he definitely is still in the movie. But um, maybe he's playing a Knight of Rem, a Knight of Rem. But I don't know. I just feel like they're going to be the biggest boss of this movie. Uh, I mean, uh, it's hard for me to really. I, I, when it comes to a bus, I mean, Phasma was a bus. Phasma, Phasma was a complete bus. She was Derek. She was a David Carr. <laughs> Absolutely, she's a David Carr of the <laughs> Star Wars universe. Now, the Knights of Ren. The thing with the Knights of Ren is they're already background characters. So Inherently background characters, yeah. So I mean, we know that you know they're only going to get so much screen time. If they're but like they're supposed to be the baddest soldiers in the in the in the galaxy. At least that's the way they're kind of teased. I was gonna say, I mean, did 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 they say that? <laughs> they never said that. But like, don't talk about them. If they're just like special stormtroopers, don't talk about them. That's right. They're just like another, you know, all oh, the elite. This elite stormtrooper unit is gonna get wiped by Ray in like five seconds. Like, or you're gonna get shot down by the Millennium Falcon or something. There's no talking about them. 
But they were hyping him up like, oh, yeah, you know, Kylo Ren's the master of the Knights of Ren. And, you know, you have to be bigger than this. And it's like, look, man, if the, Knight, if the Knights of Ren put up a fight like the Praetorian Guard put up, I'm satisfied. I'll put it that way. Alright. <laughs> he did not sound satisfied. But hey, look, I, I mean, know I already know I'm mocking me that. Like at this point I'm not gonna get my hopes up. Like my hopes are already my expectations are low. But it's just unfortunate that they have to be so low. <laughs> Alright. Hey. I mean it is what it is. Um I th- I think we're gonna get more from them in the Charles Soul comic book. I think that may be That's more fair. so what you're looking for. <laughs> They'll have some kind of characterization. We'll get some kind of backstory into their origin and what they also do. Also, be surprised if in the novel, or the novelization is. Yeah, and the novelization, we'll probably get more characterization and more backstory and some information as to what they were doing and what they do on a daily basis. So I think we're going to get that kind of information in the more written formats. Um, but yeah, in the movie, they're just—I they, mean—they're going to be there and they're probably going to beat some people up, and <laughs> and, and that's probably going to be about hunting down. The uh, Poe hunt down Finn, yeah, is you know another emphasis nest in her game. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So uh, I did want to talk about this Battlefront Two update. So Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront so we talk Two. About Battlefront. Uh, did oh, you yes. want to talk about uh this uh these Colin Gerard rumors? Ah, uh, so you're talking about the uh, the script. Or alleged, yeah, alleged the, script. Yeah, the, the rumored, the rumored, you know, script from making Star Wars. All right. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we do have a, a rumored uh, script. This is coming from Jason Ward from making Star Wars. Um, so he says that he has the, um, uh, he basically has the information about Ray's backstory that would have been in Episode Nine. Now, because there is a spoiler warning in the actual article, I will include a spoiler warning in this uh, section of the podcast. You may want to fast forward 15 to 20 minutes, possibly. Um, if, I don't think it's going to be 15 to 20 minutes. But if you want to just be extremely safe, you know, you can fast forward 15, 20 minutes. And, um, you know, and then come back because we, I will be talking about this in detail. So with that being said... Contravaro has information on Ray's ba- what Ray's backstory would have been, uh, or Jason Ward has information. Sorry, Jason Ward has information on what Ray's backstory would have been um, in Colin Trevorrow's Star Wars Episode Nine. Now the general consensus seems to be good. I'm glad this did not happen, and I am in agreement. Um, however, when it comes to Ray's backstory. I don't know. I'm not sure if whatever we get is going to really satisfy us. You know, uh, I feel like the only way we could, uh, people are really going to be satisfied is if they find out she's a Palpatine, she's a Kenobi, or she's a Skywalker. I feel like those are the only options in which people are happy, they're satisfied, and they want, they're going to buy the toys, they're going to go, they're going to cosplay as Rey. I think those, those are the only options. But, the only way that it would be worth it to keep this a, a secret for ex- so long. Exactly. But with that being said, <laughs> so Colin Trevorrow's episode nine um, holds true to the thought that Ray's parents were no nobo- were quote unquote nobodies because I'm not going to call just random people nobodies. But um, so according to Colin Trevorrow's version, uh, Leia's um, handmaiden 
in the article says a servant, but I'm not going to say it was a servant. But Leia's, <laughs> Leia's handmaiden. Maid, whatever you want to call yeah, her. Yeah, maid, you know, aid, whatever you want to call it. Nanny. Uh, Leia's, uh, you know, helper was Ray's mother. So someone that was in the Solo household. Um, so she was, you know, um, she was a cook, a housemate, and a nanny to Ben Solo. So Ray and Ben Solo would have grown up in the same household. So she would have been like a little sister. Um, now, uh, you know, he says it's not clear if Ray's mother would have been let go because she would have been a, a drunkard or if she or if, you know, um, but it does seem to be clear that Colin Trevorrow was continuing the idea that Ray's, Ray's parents were not special. Um, so apparently at the end of episode nine, the final confrontation was going to take place in the solo family home. Um, and, uh, Ben was going to be redeemed amongst his family's memories and he would have saved Ray from her injuries in their fight at that moment. So I guess Ben Solo would have had some kind of turn during the fight. Um, so, so that's basically the, the information that's, that's dished out in this article regarding he also something about some first order mind wiping. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he and mentions as I don't remember each other. Yeah, he was saying that they were mind wiping the first the the uh, first order, um, you know, people and, um, you know, which that's some pretty crazy stuff. That's that's like even worse than uh, even worse than what the empire was doing. Which I, I quite frankly I wouldn't I wouldn't completely count that out. Which is why you know I think that spoiler warning still holds, but. Um, you know, they're saying that there's a, some uh, serious mind wiping going on with regards to the First Order troops. Um, so, the, and he also would have had Red Stormtroopers as well, but they would not be called Sith Stormtroopers. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and there's a couple of other things that, that weren't really too significant. So, um, now, general consensus seems, online at least, Seems to be that people were not fans of this um, outcome. I tend to agree. Uh, I feel like that outcome would have been pretty. Um, I mean, now that is just concerning Ray's storyline specifically. So I don't know how the whole movie would have gone. The movie may have been a complete action-packed, you know, uh, uh, you know, fan service fan fest where you have all these secrets and stuff. Oh, and also Colin Trevorrow had no Palpatine at all. So Palpatine yeah. does not return in Colin Trevorrow's version of Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Um, now, uh, how I feel about that, I, how I feel about that dep- is going to depend completely on wh- how J.J. Abrams handles The Rise of Skywalker. Um, now, uh, there's a lot. There's a and and just quickly also with regards to how I feel about this Ray storyline, uh, it's not doing it for me. I mean, if her I, this whole thing, and people were speculating early on that they were siblings, you know, that they grew up in the same household. Um, now, I mean, I don't know. She was a handmaiden. Her mother was a handmaiden. And I don't know. There's that story. It's not, there's nothing, you know, the, the, it doesn't have the same, um, I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't give you that same connection, which is why. It lends credence to the, what I was saying before, which is she has to be a Skywalker, a Solo, a Kenobi, 
or Palpatine. That's the only way people will accept and be satisfied with her story. That's well, just, they say she's a clone of somebody or a clone. Clone or, you know, oh, your parents, your parents were just, you know, people at the cantina. You know that it's just like, or or there were nobodies, and you're just a random person, and uh, if that's just, midi-chlorian kid, uh, midi, you know, midi chlorians. I, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's that's not gonna do it for me. That's not gonna be like, oh wow, you know, there's nothing wow about that. That's just like, oh okay, all right. I think JJ understands that. Yeah, I think I JJ understand. does understand that. I think he. I don't know if clearly Shavar didn't understand that. I don't think Ryan Johnson understood that, but. JJ of all people, given how, you know, we saw in episode seven, he, he very much used a lot of the original principles uh, to make his movie. I think he would understand the significance of making her related to those characters versus like making her just her own new character. Because that hasn't been, and you know, I. Like it's not really a knock for me on J.J. Abrams, but that hasn't been what he doesn't like doing new stuff, you know, more or less. And if he can continue the original, what the original trilogy was sent was was telling, then I think he would rather do that than say, oh, let's make her a clone of this one and that one, and you know, let's make her, you know, a, a Palpatine, you know, puppet or whatever. Like none of that stuff. I don't think people would. I don't think he would care that much about it. Um, um, so I, I think that's why I think this is going to be changed. I think, uh, and I don't think it's something that he would do. Yeah, um, I mean, it, when it comes to making her, giving her no last name, and you know who are her parents, the fact that the whole, the whole mystery surrounding that, and then oh, you know, mysterious ship leaving her on the planet. In the he flashback. Was the one that put all that stuff. Yeah, he, he put all that stuff. Different. I mean, so what would be the point of that if she was just nobody? You know, that's that's completely pointless. And you're and this is Star Wars. This is the biggest property possibly ever. You know, and you're just gonna lead people on some some random goose chase for no reason. You know, if, if they hadn't if they hadn't paid any attention to her parentage at all, and it was just she's just another Force user, then I would have been like, oh, okay. I mean, maybe her parents are Force users. Maybe not. You know, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But now they're making this, oh, she doesn't have a last name. Why doesn't she have a last name? And, yeah. like, you know, her parents left her with Uncar Plutt. Why? For the reason she doesn't have a last name. Like, they, he literally exactly. said that. He, he, yeah, exactly. He literally said that. Literally That's said a quote. why Ray doesn't have one and the reason why Finn doesn't have one. That's a literal direct quote from J.J. Abrams. So, you know, we – so he – Trevorrow would have thrown that out the window, apparently, and I don't think that is a good idea but at all. You know what this tells me? Even beyond the Trevorrow story, yes, you know, messy. You know, yeah. it wasn't great. You know, I don't know how it would have played out in in movie, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't read well. Right. But even beyond that, this tells me that just more chaos with like having three. This is the this is the problem having three different directors. Yeah, and I was just about to say that as well. Yeah. Like you have JJ setting up something in episode seven that seemed interesting, but and every most people liked. You know, the movie was solid, you know, mostly liked, it had some issues, but like people were intrigued by all the things that he set up. In episode eight, Ryan Johnson ignores all of it. Episode nine, Collins Farrell is gonna come in and do something completely different than what JJ Abrams wanted to even set up. Like, cause you can't tell me that 
they're going to get rid of Contrell, bring J.J. Abrams. He's going to do his completely – the thing that he was originally intended to do is going to be different than what College Raw is going to do. If you're telling me that that's the case, then that means that this whole trilogy has been out of whack. That they've just been – it's been just very flimsy with the story. Like, did they not have a point A to point B? Like, they knew, all right, Ray, we're going to – this is the start, episode 7, but point B – that the start episode seven is point B point A, but but by the time we get to the end of point of episode nine, which is point B, we'll know that Ray is a Palpatine or Ray is a Kenobi or Ray is a Skywalker or Ray is a nobody. Do they not have that plan, or it's just like, oh yeah, you're doing episode nine. Do you want to throw in something about Ray? Oh, Ryan, you're doing episode eight. You want to throw in Ray's backstory? Say, oh yeah, her parents were nobodies. And then oh, episode nine, clowns. You want to change that? You can. I don't care. We don't care. Oh, JJ, you don't like what Colin wanted to do? Let's go back to what you were doing. Like, wh- like what? I know you want to give your directors liberties to tell the story that they want to tell. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if you're casting Kennedy, you have to be protective of the Star Wars property. Like, you can't just let anybody come in and tell the story that they want to tell if it doesn't make sense. Yep. These stories should have made sense. They should have had the plan for who Ray was when they bought Disney. When they bought Disney and said, we're going to do a new tr- a new trilogy, we're going to make the main character a female, they should have had the idea that, oh, that female is going to be Luke Skywalker's daughter. Or that female is going to be uh, an evil, uh, you know, a, a, a descendant of Emperor Palpatine. Whatever, you, whatever the plan is ultimately going to end up, it shouldn't be this thing of like, well, what did Ryan Johnson want to do? How's Ryan Johnson feeling? How's Colin Terrell feeling? I don't get that. Yeah, so it's it's uh, very troubling stuff. I mean, I and kind of I feel like recently someone said that I forget who it was. I don't know if it was JJ or somebody else, but someone said, "Oh yeah, we had planned to bring him back all along" or something like that. I feel like I read something that, like that somewhere. Um, but this would seem to be evidence to completely negate to completely negate that, basically. Um, otherwise, this would have to be false. Because that would mean that, no, they didn't plan to bring Palpatine back from the beginning. And then they didn't, you know, plan on bringing Ian McDermott back and kind of having everything go full circle. They did not plan on that. <laughs> they planned on having, you know, Ray and Ben Solo duke it out in the Solo home, and that was just how it was going to end. You know, and that that was it. There wasn't, there wasn't going to be no Palpatine. Uh, there, was, there wasn't going to be... Uh, any kind of oh Ray was a solo and da, da, da. no she was never a solo. Her mom was a drunk, or and well actually no we wouldn't have. Well her mom would I guess no her mom would have been a drunk because Ryan Johnson wrote that into the story. So yeah. so this is just you're right it's very all over the place. So chaotic for very like, very chaotic very unfortunate you know it's like why is there even a story and, group? And look, I'm not saying that like like sure like. Did, did, did the did the Captain America trilogy evolve when the Russos jumped in? Sure. Right. Did you know the Avengers trilogy evolve when the Russos came in? Right. For example, sure. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying these things can't evolve, but like something like they, they that's such a basic thing. Like who raised like who what like who is Ray? Was essentially that, <laughs> right. Like you should know who that character is. She's the the main character of the whole thing. That they're setting up to 
to not even know what her backstory is when you cast J.D. Ridley, not know what her backstory is when you make episode 7, make episode 8. Like, I mean, we watched the show Watchmen, and, like, everything that you get from point A to point B is tied in. Like, everything in the first scene is is assuming that by the time you see the last scene, it'll all make sense. Like, I don't. I feel like this Star Wars trilogy, it, luckily J.J. Abrams is doing it, and uh, is doing episode uh, 9, but had Colin Gerard done episode 9, it would have been like, well, you watch episode 9, but then there are going to be things in episode 7 that just don't make sense, you know, <laughs> like... Or just, or just don't have to be there considering where we get to by the time we get to episode 9. It's just not going to feel... It's just going to feel discombobulated. But, right. you know, look, luckily, J.J.'s back. Hopefully, his story will make sense given what he had set up. I'm not saying it'll be better. Cause I don't know. It could be terrible. But at least it will likely be what was intended when we first saw episode 7. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm even looking up now stuff on why Colin Trevorrow was fired in the first place. And, I mean, it's just a lot of drama, gossip, like, oh, he didn't get along with Kathleen Kennedy, he didn't get along with Lucasfilm. You know, it's like, really? Like, oh, you know, he, apparently he voiced his opinion a lot, and, you know, a, a lot of his drafts were shot down, and just a lot of stuff that we've heard before, you know? And it's like, that's... It's just, this is not, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's very, very unfortunate that all this stuff would be associated with, um, you know, the Star Wars franchise. I mean, it almost makes you wish that, you know, you had one person. I would prefer that we, uh, we at least had one person's vision, whether it's JJ or whoever, somebody else, that's, JJ, and that's JJ, issue. like JJ, John the same director. Yeah. Like the Marvel movies not the same director, but right. it's all Kevin Feige's vision. Right. He's gonna make sure everything makes sense. The story group, like, what are they doing? Yeah. Do these guys just sit around and just make sure things are canon? Do they not have an idea of, like, making sure where things are going in the future, how they make sense? And it's funny because uh, I was watching some of the behind the scenes stuff for Jedi Fallen Order. Because that was a fantastic game, and I love the story. Um, Very buggy, but it was a fantastic game, regardless. And I was watching the behind the scenes, and they showed, like, their meetings, how they met with Respawn, and how they were discussing the different stuff that they were going to put in the game. It seemed like the story group was basically telling the story. It seemed like they were creating the story, and they were saying, okay, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen with this character, and this is how we want you to introduce this character. And I'm just like, so can they do that with the movies? What the heck? Is, what's going on with the movies? Why is Colin Trevorrow just saying, oh, so Ray's mom's a nobody? This is what's going to happen with that. It's like, what is the story? Do they have any say in the matter? I mean, they did a very good job with Fallen Order. And you can tell these story group guys care a lot about Star Wars as well. You know, that's why they're in the story group. But it's just like, I don't know. It's like it's like they try to manage the chaos, but it's still chaos. And it's very unfortunate. I feel, again, I'd hate to turn This isn't necessarily Kennedy's fault, but I think we just need someone that's uh, that has passion about the project and has a singular vision as the head of the snake we need someone that like a feige not doesn't have to be feige but a feige kind of like representative or lucas a creative that's the person the perfect person to be the kevin feige or lucas is we talked about dave filoni dave filoni honestly he doesn't have to direct any (laughs) 
Like, I don't need him behind a camera. Yeah, he doesn't like, have to direct a single thing. Just manage the ship. Make manage sure, the story. Manage the story. Make sure it feels like Star Wars. Make sure they know where they're going, like he did with Rebels. Right. Make, make sure it feels like Star Wars. Make sure they know where they're going. Make sure you have some cool Easter eggs. You have your and cool you characters. Bring somebody that like knows how to direct live action. Exactly. I mean, I'm not saying Dave only doesn't know how to, but somebody that you would consider an expert that isn't new to the thing. Exactly. If that's the concern that we have with Dave Filoni. Yeah. But, but they, you know, the situation they have now is just. Chaotic. You know, it's chaotic, and you know the the Disney execs. I'm sure they're saying the CEOs and them. They're saying, "Look, we're making a lot of money." My 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 re- reaction to that would just be, "You don't know how much money you would make <laughs> if you had it's, someone." That's the thing. It's if Star you had, Wars. If of you, course, you're gonna make money. Of course, it's gonna make it's gonna make money no matter what you do. But if I you, could, I could run Star Wars <laughs> and make money. It's not that. Um, obviously, they're hard. It's a hard job in terms of like again, if you want to say if you want to make a lot, a lot of money. But if you're just like, yeah, we're gonna break even, I mean, you can do that. You <laughs> that just means you're not messing the thing up. Right. My thing is that like, I think Lucas, I think Disney is scared. To and I'm calling out Disney because I'm calling out the mouse. But I think Disney is scared because like, Kathleen Kennedy represents like a a long term. Or a long time movie exec, like he represents a Hollywood right a member of the Hollywood elite. You yes, know, like, exactly. Yeah, literally, honestly. Yeah, so like she, <laughs> they feel like she knows what she's doing. Like she can run a stable ship, and like they need this Star Wars thing to work. But they're not concerned about, and they're concerned that you let's say you put someone like you know, Filoni in charge. And mind you, I'm not saying Kathleen Kennedy even has to go. She can continue to do what she's doing. But just put just put Dave Filoni in charge of the story. Right. But regardless, but they I guess the fear is that you get rid of Kathleen Kennedy, put someone like Filoni in her spot, and you know, like he won't know how to run a a production company, things of that nature. Like right. he won't know how to run a movie studio. Look, my question, my thing is that if the stories are great, nobody will care. Kevin Feige, like yes, he had some production experience but he wasn't Kevin Feige wasn't Kevin Feige when he started up exactly. when he started at Marvel Studios exactly yeah he didn't he didn't have any cachet in Hollywood he built that cachet off of a having a great creative vision exactly he, like you know it wasn't like oh, I had all these connections all these great directors and this that it's Star Wars they can bring in directors they can bring in producers like they can do things to make it you know, run like a real movie, but the one thing that that's not just going to happen is like Kathleen Kennedy isn't going to give you any great stories, or going to give you a cohesive vision on making sure the movies make sense. Uh, I don't know, but you know, at this point, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> now we have the Star Wars slow down, and they don't want to make any more movies because none of them have done well. Yeah, we got the Star Wars slowdown. We got Benioff and Weiss, which is not happening. We got Ryan Johnson, which is, which is allegedly still happening, quote unquote, but that we kind of sort of know isn't going to happen. Um, I mean, it's so it, it, you don't have stuff like that when you have someone that that has a vision, knows what they want to do, and just going to execute that. You have your minor hiccups here and there, which you, I mean, you got to account for that. You got to expect that. You can't. Everything isn't going to run perfectly smooth. But, but you don't have this. 
you know, where, you know, we're getting just leaks of what the story was going to be and everybody hated it. And it's just, you know, completely different from what <laughs> everybody hated. You know, and like it's completely different from what we're hearing that, oh, we planned this from the beginning. And apparently they didn't. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, you don't have stuff like this happening. So, yeah. So it's just, it's a, a whole big thing. But, you know, hopefully, look, hopefully episode nine is fantastic. You know, I'll go to the movie, enjoy the movie, see it a billion times. And you Richard know, E. Grant saw the movie. He said it was great. Yeah. Didn't he have like an emotional, I heard he had some kind of like an emotional reaction. Well, he put out a whole movie. tweet saying, you know, oh man, so Marvel, you know, gave his own review. Said he was scared that Disney, the Disney vultures were going to come after him. <laughs> it's been not a reaction to the movie, but look, man. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I'm glad he liked it. I'm glad he's in the movie. He's a great actor. I'm sure he did a wonderful job. But I got to see the joint. Represented by Disney. Yeah, he's also working for Disney. You know, I got to see the movie and judge for myself. You know, people saw the Last Jedi and said it was the best thing since sliced bread. And, uh, <laughs> Demarcus Cousins you know. saw Fantastic Four. He said it was a great movie. Still <laughs> <laughs> the all time. Uh, oh boy! Do not see Fantastic Four. Uh, it's a very very bad movie. All right. Um, so I did want to talk about Battlefront uh, Two. So Star Wars Battlefront Two. They are coming out with another update, um, uh, which I know that game came out. <laughs> which I know I mean, that we, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's talking about it on the show, but I, mean, I think I may have just asked you, like, were you getting any more Battlefront? You're like, no way. They're just going to wait till Battlefront 3. I, I agreed. I was like, yeah, it's probably too late. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it, honestly. I mean, I I was uh, a little surprised. I was like, oh, we're getting more Battlefront. You know? So, I mean, that game has lost so much momentum at this point. Um, but, you know, the people still play the, people still play the game, you know? Um, so, hey, they're coming out with another update. And it's good. I like it when games when games and developers are dedicated to their players, you know, when they keep coming out with more content. It's, I mean, that's always a good thing. I think DICE is a good studio. It's just that EA just monetized, monetized the heck out of that game, and it, it would just crashed. It just crashed and burned in terms of, um, you PR. know, PR and any just kind of positive emotional <laughs> reaction to the game in general. But... Um, you know, we are getting some more updates with the game, so we are getting a rise of real like We're getting a rise of some of the Rise of Skywalker DLC uh, to go along with the game. So um, we're getting BB-8 as a hero uh, in the game, which is pretty fun. We're also getting the um, we're getting the uh, the First Order equivalent of BB-8, which I believe they said is a is a BB-9 or something like that. Um, it's the first order version of BB-8, the one that was in the Last Jedi. Um, uh, so you get to play as them as a hero, which I think is very bizarre. Honestly, I don't know how you're gonna play as BB-8 and what like beat Palpatine and Vader. You know, like I don't. So I don't really know how that's gonna work. But Ooh, man, you can beat Vader with you know Nyan Nub on that game. <laughs> that's true. Fair enough. <laughs> um, it's beyond belief at this point. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That's true. You can beat uh, beat Luke Scott beat. Peak, peak Luke Skywalker with Greedo. You know, it's like none of this stuff makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we're getting uh, some new updates. We're also getting uh, new troopers. So we're getting the Sith troopers and jet troopers. Um, and we're getting rebels, uh, not rebel spy. We're actually getting resistance uh, spy 
and we're getting another resistance uh, person. I forgot uh, what they are, but we're getting a couple Kizuda new. Yuno? Huh? Kazuda. <laughs> oh, no, no, hey, no, we're not getting Kaz. Thank God. Um, uh, <laughs> so I don't even know. I don't even know what he'd be able to do. That's like putting. That's like putting. Um, um, uh, I don't know. That's like putting like Poe or like Wedge in the game or something. You know, it's like like what 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 would he even do? I thought you were gonna say like putting SpongeBob in the game. <laughs> that too, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, but yeah. Either way, look, it's interesting stuff. They're adding more stuff to Battlefront, yeah. which is fun. I, I I mean, look, maybe I'll check it out, man. I like checking out these updates. You know, when they add a new what, hero. What uh? What what does this tell you? Does this does this tell you anything beyond what they announced? Like. Dude, like for me, I wonder: Does this mean they're not far along, or they're not? They don't have any immediate plans to do a Battlefront three, you know? Like, uh, so they're like get everything out now, yeah. Look, man, uh, possibly. Um, I mean, it's I, just because Jedi Fallen Order is taken off. Like, I mean, obviously these plans have been in the works for a while now, but like, you know, did they have the sense that? Oh yeah, well. We'll piggyback this off of Jedi Fallen Order. Like this, like this, that may have been the plan a while ago, a long time ago. So I don't know, but I just feel like there's more to this, you know, than what we know at face value. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I honestly do not know uh, what this means in terms of the, you know, EA's plans moving forward. Uh, I still hope they make a Battlefront three. I think Battlefront could be successful. Just don't monetize it. I feel like it's very simple. You know, if you don't, you know, monetize the game like that. Why do we make it? Yeah, that's that's that EA stuff, man. They didn't do that with Fallen Order and it's breaking records. You know, like, just just don't do that. And your game will, will succeed. As long as it's made well, it'll succeed. I enjoyed the first two Battlefront games from a gameplay perspective. But the monetization made it not fun. You know, I'm just just putting it out there. Well, I thought the monetization in the first one was less slimy than the mon- <laughs> it, it honestly was, and it was still monetized, but it was mo- it was monetized in a much more direct, less slimy way than uh, Battlefront Two. It was in your face, like season pass, buy it and you'll get the extra stuff. It's like okay, I'll buy the season pass. I don't mind doing that. That's fine. But this stuff, oh, paid this microtransaction, like, oh, you know, you want Darth Vader, you want Yoda, fifty thousand credits, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, so no, like, don't do stuff like that. It's stuff like that, like EA needs to learn, like, not to do stuff like that. If you don't do stuff like that, people will buy your game. They'll buy your game. They'll play your game. It's fun. You have fun with it, and you, you know, you you get the DLC and you move on with your life. But you know, they gotta just gotta learn that they do. They they did that with Battlefront three. I'd buy it. I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna play it. You know, but you know, I don't know. Um, so yeah, at this point, I don't know if we're gonna get a Battlefront three. Um, and honestly, at this point, I kind of want more games like Jedi Fallen Order anyway. So I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. I like with Battlefront three, but you know, look, if they're gonna keep, if Respawn's gonna be making more games, I am not gonna be complaining. And, and and begging for Battlefront three, if we're gonna get more games like uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Ugh. 
But all right, with that being said, um, I also did want to talk about uh, there are a couple of actually different things uh, that I want to touch on. I'm going to try not to take too much time going over these. So first, we have some Galaxy's Edge updates. So uh, they're adding the Rise of the Resistance ride uh, to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Kendall, I know you were telling me before the show that people are saying that this is something like you've never seen before. Um, they're hyping up this ride quite a lot. Um, saying it's the most ambitious ride that Disney Imagineering has ever created. Um, so, I mean, this is some this is some uh, impressive stuff. I mean, kind of what are you what are you hearing about this ride? Just in general? yeah. So uh, the reviews, obviously, you know they, you know I, I haven't seen any spoilers. You know we obviously well yeah to we, yeah we try to avoid you know those but, types of in depth spoilers. You know, you know, good that people people in the industry, the you know, the parks industry, they know not to spoil these types of things. Uh, but uh, IGN, uh, I, didn't, I didn't read their full review, but the 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 tweet that they put out of their review said Disney World's new Star Wars ride, Rise of Resistance, is the park's most impressive and maybe best ride ever. Um, they said, uh, or Theme Park Insider tweeted. Disney did it. It met the ridiculous standard. Welcome Star Wars Rise of Resistance, the world's best theme park ride. Hashtag <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. Wow. Uh, Jason Farkas from CNN. I got an exclusive look at Rise of Resistance, the new Star Wars ride at Walt Disney World. Uh, the high-tech 18-minute experience is the most complicated attraction Disney Imagineers have ever built. Um... So yeah, you know, uh, as you can get the sense, uh, GameSpot Rise of Resistance is a game changer for theme park uh, attractions. Um, as you can get the sense, this is a uh, <laughs> this is this seems like this is a game changer. Um, I we've heard a lot of negative things about Galaxy's Edge over the past you know couple of over the past couple of months you know mm-hmm. last year I would say, but this is a major win. For Disney, for Star Wars, that uh, this really does seem to be a rev- like a revolutionary thing. Oh yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I you know stuff like this is what I should have been hearing when Galaxy's Edge first first was w- was opened. I was hoping to be hearing stuff like this, like "Oh my God, Galaxy's Edge!" You feel like you're you feel like you're in the Star Wars movie. You know, it's all—it's the best thing that I've ever seen, and I was hearing none of that, quite frankly, about Galaxy's Edge. Um, but with this ride, boy, this is making me want to go to Galaxy's Edge, which is very, very exciting and very, very fun. Um, and look, I know it's still like thousands of dollars for you know what, eighteen minutes. Either look, man. Either way, man. If you're a big enough Star Wars fan. <laughs> You want to be in Star Wars for 18 minutes? It's worth it. So, um, so yeah, this they needed this. Disney Parks, I think Disney Parks needed this so that Galaxy's Edge wouldn't seem like a complete waste of time and money in advertising. Um, and I think Star Wars needed this. You know, I think I think Star Wars, the the sequel trilogy as a whole, as a, as a as an era in Star Wars, kind of needed this kind of. L- a boost you know in terms of morale and just in terms of the fandom being excited about 
you know something in this era people are excited for the rise of skywalker but not to the level that i think they they should be and that they could have been if episode seven and eight really knocked it out of the park that i i feel like they they could have but you know stuff like this is 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 i think i think now this positive press is kind of doing what what Lucasfilm and what I think Disney as a whole kind of had intended these parks to do, which is bolster their product and bolster Star Wars and bolster the resistance and, you know, these, you know, the, the new era of Star Wars. So, I mean, this is all positive stuff. It gets me more excited to go to Galaxy's Edge. Now I feel more, more motivated to go to Galaxy's Edge before because for honestly for a while i was just like okay i gotta go to galaxy's edge one because i'm a star wars fan but two because i gotta do the show and i gotta review it and i got now i'm like oh boy i gotta go to galaxy's edge (laughs) you know like and that's kind of how i want it to feel but all this stuff about the park is empty and you know you got doc on doc's antique shop and like you know what else what else is there you know like really (laughs) you know the millennium falcon i can go on the falcon and then i can get off the falcon and it's a Falcon ride, and you know, but I hadn't heard anything about that really. Nothing in terms of, uh, nothing in terms of hype like this. So, so yeah, they. I think they really needed this. But Keno, how do you, how do you feel about these uh, comments? Yeah, man. This, I mean, it's, like I said, this is very exciting stuff. Um, I can't wait to try it, uh, if and when that ever happens. But um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 definitely exciting. You know. Hopefully this isn't like the end. Hopefully they don't say, "Oh, we've done it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. Like, yeah. Win. like hopefully this is the first step in them like trying to really change the the theme park game in general. But um, it's amazing to to hear that because I like a lot of times like you get like these types of things that have all these hype, you know, whether it be a, a play or a you know an amusement park or whatever even a video game sometimes, and, like, they end up kind of flopping sometimes. You know, like, you know, I think about the Spider-Man Into the Dark Broadway show. You know, like, that had a lot of hype. Spider-Man on Broadway, but, like, the end, but it wasn't practical. And, you know, ended up... Yeah, didn't that guy, like, didn't that guy almost, like, die or something like that? Yeah, I mean, the guy that played Spider-Man, like, almost died multiple times. Yeah, it's like... You know, they... It wasn't a practical idea, you know. Yeah. Like, it, um, like so, like when you hear a Star Wars theme park, you kind of like you get excited because, like, man, like the the potential. But you also, you know, I don't say cringe, but you also, you know, have your doubts about what's the long term, you know, likelihood that this is, or what's the likelihood that this is going to be a long term thing that it could, it could really work. But this is the first sign that like this could be a game changer. Yeah, so it's yeah, definitely very, very exciting stuff. So hopefully we'll be able to see it soon. Um, I mean, I can't. We, I mean, of course, we don't have a date, but <laughs> but hopefully we can set a date so we can say, you know, New Imperial Broadcast is going to Galaxy's Edge. And maybe we'll even record something at, at Galaxy's Edge. You know, you never know. Okay, so, you know, but, you know, hopefully one of these days we'll be able to go out there and we'll be able to see all this stuff and talk about it in depth. Um, you know, hopefully sometime this coming year, but I mean, at the same time, you never know. So we can't make any promises with that. Uh, but, uh, so I did want to, before we get to our review, I also quickly wanted to mention that there is, 
um, going to be a new show on Disney Plus. So Cassie and Endor. Uh, well, outside of Cassie and Endor, um, isn't it, isn't it, isn't Cassie and K K2SO or is that, or is it just a Cassie and Endor show? I mean, K2SO is going to be in it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what the title is yet. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't have a title for it yet, but, um, but yeah, but outside of the Cassie and Endor show. Outside of Obi-Wan, outside, outside of, of Afro. Obi-Wan, allegedly Afro, and we haven't gotten, gotten a confirmation of that yet. But outside of those shows. Um, we're getting a Star Wars game show, uh, which is something that is very new, and I think that's a very fun concept. Honestly, um, we need some more fun concepts uh, in this Disney Lucas film. Uh, so it's called Jedi Temple Challenge, and it's with Ahmed Ahmed Best <laughs> hosting. I, I shout get, out to Ahmed Best. Shout out to Jar Jar Binks himself, Ahmed Best. Good Ooh. for him. He's a legend. He the is a legend. He's a Star Wars Hall of Famer, Lucas original legend. You know, so you may not like him, you know, but I mean, Jar Jar is one of the most known and recognized and notable characters in the Star Wars universe. If he isn't making Jar Jar noises throughout the game show, I will not watch. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, but I don't know. If you do that, <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to traumatize himself. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, but no, like. This is uh, some pretty cool stuff, so I'm glad we're getting a Star Wars game show now. Um, what so are the, the odds? What were you going to say? Uh, no, I was just going to go into details about the show, but what, what were you going to say? Well, I haven't read any details, so this is actually interesting, but I was going to say, what are the odds that this is going to be basically Legends of the Hidden Temple? Um, given now, the given the, the name. I, don't, I, don't, I could be wrong about that, but when you say Temple that's, that's, and Game Show... That, um, that's what I, but I don't no, know what yeah. detail do you have. Uh, so no, it's funny because they're still being somewhat vague with regards to the show, or maybe they don't mean to be vague, but it is vague. So, <laughs> which is maybe not such a good thing. But um, uh, so they spoke with uh, the executive producers of the show, and they said that um, uh, there's going to be a kids' game show like no wonder, like no other. They said it's going to test a Padawan's connection to the Force in three locations: a, fo- oh. a forest planet, a board on board a Jedi star cruiser, and inside a Jedi temple, immersing them and the audience in a fun, humorous, and exciting competition. So I have no idea what I don't know what that means. That sounds like Legends of the Hidden Temple. It may not be the exact same, you know, thing, but just like the idea that they're going to be moving to different locations as a kid and. Yeah, man, I don't know. Man, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Man, if I if I were a kid and I were put on a Star Wars game show, I'd be but I'd be freaking out. Yeah, Shamari's like, man, I would you know, I would get all the bikes, all the mountain bikes, <laughs> all the mountain, all, all the, the yeah, all the all the second second place, all the third place. You get a mountain bike, you get this this new biking helmet. All you know? the, the 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 tickets to the Orlando resorts. Yeah, they were just giving those joints away. You know. Take it to Nickelodeon Studio. All the access pass to Nickelodeon Studios. It's like, wow, really? <laughs> you know, like even though they were taping it at Nickelodeon Studios. I know, I know, right? You know, like whatever. <laughs> it's like we're here now. Like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, so um, but yeah, this is a fun. That's a fun concept. I like this a lot. Ahmed Best, I think, is the best person to do that because he was the voice of Jar Jar, who is a kid's character anyway. Right, right. And um, so and he, they're not doing somebody like you know Hondo. 
you know, somebody See. that people don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, what? Like, you, they easily could have made Jar Jar the, the guy at da- Galaxy's Edge. And, like, yeah. it would have been probably kind of controversial and kind of negative, but just more pre, that's more prequel hate. That yeah. they wouldn't even do someone. And it's stuff like that like, that kind of that kind of makes you not as excited to go to Galaxy's Edge. You know, when like, you're oh, yeah, Hondo's, gonna Hondo's your guide, and it's like, oh, all right, Hondo's my guide. I mean, I saw enough of him in Rebels. <laughs> you know, I kind of don't want to hear him guiding me throughout Galaxy's Edge. You know, I just that's not that's not what I want to go to Star. I don't want to go to Star Wars Land and hear Hondo constantly. That's that's not what you want to see. <laughs> you know, you want to see Luke. <laughs> You want to see Han Solo? You want to hear Han? How often, like people, the workers at Galaxy's Edge asked, "Who is this guy?" Yo, what is he from? I you don't know, ninety percent of that crew is like, "Yo, I don't know who this dude is." Yeah, the crew probably doesn't know who the guy. Is. I don't Let know who this is. The, the 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 customer. They got probably got some blueprint. Like, yeah, make this suit. He's like, "What is this?" <laughs> it's just like you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels. He's like, "What is Star Wars Rebels?" So yeah, it's probably uh They probably asked every day, Who is this guy? <laughs> What's he from? What movie? <laughs> oh my god. Why does he sound like someone from I don't even know, some the Middle East or, or you know, Europe or somewhere? I don't even know. So, yeah, yeah, I'm being more East Eastern Europe maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah oh boy boy this but that's a star wars thing with the whole accents from another that's a that's a whole that's a conversation for a whole other whole yeah, yeah you can write a whole thesis on that yeah honestly uh <laughs> but yeah so all right so that'll do it for our, our news section of the port of the podcast so we're going to quickly review the mandalorian so this episode was called sanctuary um honestly just another bomb episode of the mandalorian I mean, you have the Mandalorian escapes the planet, so he goes. He, him, and Baby Yoda go to this planet that they feel like they can just be not be bothered. Um, so they end up going to this planet, interacting with a village of people who are being at- attacked by raiders, which I think is very Star Wars like. You know, the, Favreau understands Star Wars; he gets the feel of it completely. Um, so I'm very, very satisfied, and I feel like this, this this uh the 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 story of the mandalorians and the story the story of just having selling a star wars story in general is very much safe in the hands of someone like john favreau who's such a great uh uh, movie maker and storyteller um so they're being attacked by these raiders and these raiders happen to have an atst um as well which i like that they painted it with kind of their design as well which is very star wars like that they would just kind of repurpose this you know imperial war machine and uh um so the mandalorian on this planet ends up meeting and interacting with gina carano's character whose name is cara dune who is an ex-rebel shock trooper um so this so they uh, work together to protect this village uh from the atst um, and it's a very, very fun episode. They have to try to protect Baby Yoda from some assassins. And, um, you know, Mando and, and uh, Baby Yoda, they got to go because they, they know that he won't be safe there. So it was a very, very, very good episode. Baby Yoda was cute as he is in every episode. 
and I it was just it was just really good. It was very very strong. Um, Keno, what did you how, what did you think about this episode? Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good episode. You know, it's it's. I think the pace of this show is slowing down maybe a little bit. Um, I agree. You know, like they're kind of now kind of settling you into all right. This is what the show is. You know, it's gonna be like you said, the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda kind of going on some sort of you know adventure, and he's gonna meet new characters along the way, and it'll all tie in at some point as we get closer to the end. But like, you know. First couple of episodes, a lot of it was about like setting the stage, right? You know, a lot of moving parts of you know who's who, what are they doing, who's this guy, who's Baby Yoda, like all this stuff, like is be was being kind of deciphered. But now that we know all this stuff, now they can kind of really sit back and tell the story that they want to tell. Um, I think Gina Carano's character was pretty good. You know, it's, I don't know what the reaction has been too much online. Uh, I think it's been mostly positive, but I could be given. Yeah, I've I've seen mostly positive. I haven't credit. seen anything negative yet. Um, yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked too. Nothing negative. Um, but you know, I. But this was a character that people were some people were concerned about because Gina Carano doesn't have the, you know, the the the, the cleanest uh, record as an actress. Um, right. So people weren't sure what she was going to do uh or how she was going to be as this character but uh none, none you know nonetheless people were still excited to see this Carrie Dune character uh and you know she i mean i like i said i thought i thought she did a good job you know yes of course Cara Dune not to be confused with uh you know Caleb Doom you know uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah no no relation to Kanan so there's no secret you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not like another Snoke where it's like, oh my god, they're related. Yeah, you know, Kanan's sister. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but I am interested to see, hear and see more about her backstory. I think we'll get more onto, into her character as we move along in the series. Um, but I feel like now we've kind of, I think we've probably pretty much passed the point of everything that we've seen in like trailers and promotional stuff because i feel like that was like the last thing that we were waiting to see you know there may, may be still some shots of like droids and stuff that we haven't seen yet but like you know uh, well no we haven't seen uh Espedito, Espedito's character yeah we haven't seen Espedito. that's kind of the one that i'm waiting to see i feel like when he shows up with the death troopers is the show's really gonna heat up right that's when we'll feel like all right you know yeah. I now, like, now, now we're now we're reaching the climax. Yeah, I feel like we're not going to get to that point until around seven, episode seven. Yeah. Um, Ironically enough, episode seven is also uh, they announced uh, they will have a sneak peek of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I heard about that as and well. They pushed it back to the eighteenth, which the eighteenth is a Wednesday, right? I believe so. So um, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that it was gonna come out earlier, or does that mean that maybe they pushed it up to the to the eighteen? I think they made. Yeah, I think they pushed it up. Yeah, because I was gonna say I could have swore seven would have been at the weekend of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I think they pushed it up, which is really cool actually that they did that. 
And they must have not even realized it when they were making this Yeah, video. probably, honestly. How do you even, like, like, how do you know that? How do you realize it now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. Like, come on, Lucasfilm. Wake up. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's a good place to end the show. The one thing, yeah, oh. before, before you yeah. end it, though, the one thing I will yeah. say about the show is that they don't, like, you know, and not every show is going to be Watchmen or not every show is going to be The Flash season one, but, like, they don't. They haven't given you much to chew on in terms of like anything. Like it kind of is what it is. Not not no no nothing to theorize about. Nothing to like. I mean, we got the stuff on the Mandalorians. Uh, you know, hideout that was pretty cool. But like, there's not much about. There's not much like that. You know what I mean? I agree with that. Um, I don't know if it's a negative or if it's just an observation, but it's just like just interesting. Uh, I think it's interesting as well, especially since we already know there's m- multiple seasons of the show. Uh, so it's yeah. not like it's something where, yeah, you know, it's a one-off and they're gonna, it's going to be there and then it's going to go away. You know, like they're already working on more, more and more and more of this series. So, I mean, you wonder where it's going to go. But I feel like eventually we're going to get some cliffhangers and some stuff, um, you know. Uh, but, you know, we got to wait and see. Um but all right, so I think that's a good place to end the show. Um, so no book reviews or recaps today. I am going to try uh, to get caught up in some of these comic books because I know these comic books are really heating up and we're getting closer to the release of uh, The Rise of Kylo Ren, uh, the uh, comic series by Charles Soule. And we're, I believe we're getting deep into the, um, uh, the uh the crossover comic book that's going to finish the Star Wars run. I think they're already on Hoth or they're heading to Hoth, I think. So, so uh, you know, I'm going to try to catch up in a lot of that stuff. But I'm very, very busy at the moment, but I'm going to try my best. And, um, yeah, but we will uh, be back next week doing more reviews of The Mandalorian, of course. You know, and we'll see what happens with Resistance. Hopefully they pick up the pace with regards to what's going on in that show and uh of course we'll be keeping track of all the news um i mean we have a, just a couple more weeks until the movie comes out so it'll be one week and then we do another show and then the week after that and uh that's really it the movie's gonna be out and then we'll just be reviewing the movie uh which that'll be a fun show we'll try to have some more people on that one as well uh, so uh, thank you all for listening, of course, as always. I'm your host, Shamari, joined by Kendall, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.